This is Stories of the Street. I'm Sachi. I'm Kelly. As we meet new people and discover new places around the world, we encounter countless stories that we feel need to be told. This is one of these stories. This is Stories of the Street's first ever podcast. Right now we're sitting on a broken bed. In our roommates. Basically we have one roommate who we found... We got to get him on Stories of the Streets podcast, but we found him last minute. He agreed to move into our place without seeing the place, signing the lease on the spot. Less than 24 hours before the move-in date. But he's an absolute ray of sunshine. <laughs> Honestly. Honestly, he's Australian. He he's great. Anyway, we're sitting in his room because one thing about him is he has literally one suitcase, and so... His room is completely empty. He didn't have sheets for the first week. He just used our pillows until we asked him to please buy some more pillows for himself. And, yeah, and also his bed his bed <laughs> has a full-on hole in it because he broke the bed frame. So, so we're, we're sitting sinking. in a hole on his bed, to be more accurate. But we have a pro mic, which is nice. But anyway, let's get to the story. Yeah, so we go to New York City in May... We went to visit Sachi's family friends because it was their daughter's 10th birthday. birthday. Yeah, and it was to set the scene of the types of people. It was kind of the top 1% in New York. Um, And we just met this one kid who was really unlike anyone I've ever met. We'll call him Z for the sake of this story. Um, But he was the most beautiful, charming boy, really curly hair, Really well-spoken. Huge personality. Huge personality. Incredibly smart. Really confident. Charismatic. Wow, this kid is amazing, right? (laughs) So we're at his birthday party. Oh, we're after the birthday party. It's just the birthday girl and Z and and all the adults. And basically, the room naturally forms around Z as he talks. He talks a mile a minute. He should get on this podcast and be honest. (laughs) He talks a mile a minute, like, constantly when you're with him. And there was literally a circle formed around him so that everyone was facing him, and everyone was just listening to him. Yeah, and basically, he's a YouTuber, I guess. That's his life goal. I asked him what he wants to do in his life, and he wants to be a YouTuber. He has a gaming channel on YouTube, which naturally we... Um, immediately looked up once he told this, and he basically plays Fortnite and yells at his brother as his brother stands behind him. But he has a professional gaming situation with um, a gaming chair and... and set up. And bear in mind, he's 10 years old, so he does not fill the chair. He looks small in the yeah, chair. Yeah, you basically see his curly hair <laughs> and then the Fortnite screen in the video. Yeah. And he lives in an eight-story walk-up in Tribeca, and he hangs out, or he follows his nanny around Bambi um, all day, every day. Um, he sees his parents once a week, he was saying, basically. Yeah. So, really interesting kid. He also goes to a really prestigious school. Just to give you an idea, we're going to read out part of the mission statement of this school. Yeah, this is pretty crazy, but it encapsulates Z in a nutshell. It's to a T. It's... Perfect. So the mission of this school, I went, yeah, I won't even say, like my school did not have a mission at all. It was to hopefully graduate (laughs) people if possible. But this is, 
we will graduate students who are accomplished in their academic skills, at ease beyond their borders, truly fluent in a second language, good writers and speakers, confident because they excel in a particular passion, artists no matter their fields, practical in the ways of the world, emotionally unafraid and physically fit, humble about their gifts and generous of spirit, trustworthy, aware that their behavior makes a difference in our ecosystem, great leaders when they can be, good followers when they should be, on their way to well-chosen higher education and architects of lives that transcend the ordinary. So. Wow. Yeah, wow. And he, yeah, this school is kind of insane. It pumps the kids full of self-confidence, which I yeah. guess is good. Which is good because they're really smart kids. They but... have insane, the best sh- chefs in the world who are <laughs> guest chefs at the cafeteria. Yeah, we're sure a nutritious diet. Yeah, no <laughs> mystery meat food. that I was getting in high school. Yeah. Um, anyway, this, he, although he's goes to such a fancy school and has such a an exclusive lifestyle he doesn't show off or seem to boast about it in any way he's very humble and he talked to everyone the same way at the party and with the parents which may be just a trait of being a kid but it was really uh, an innate respect for people in the way he spoke to them and he was also really funny. We were in the, in an Uber going back to another apartment and he was telling a really stupid story, but somehow everyone was really captivated by and it. These and these are like really big intellectual, confident women and parents in the car who usually are talking constantly at each other, but everyone in the car was just listening to Z. And even... When we were in the car, what he was talking about is his private swimming, swimming instructor who teaches him in the Hamptons. And he was talking about how he couldn't pronounce his name and he was trying to call him Scissor. But then in the end, he settled on calling him Caesar. Yeah, the guy's name was Caesar. Anyway, stupid story. But everyone was captivated. And that was just how he was. He would just speak all the time. He was very smart. Yeah. Very well spoken in how he said things, but somehow everyone was interested in what he had to say. Exactly. But his life was around also uh, video games and spending time with friends, even though he was so at ease with adults or wherever he was. Yeah. So all around, no 10-year-old had ever impressed us this much. We were, and... we're still talking about him. <laughs> we have been talking about him since May. Yeah. Cut to Cuba. The next week, we'll go back to Z. Yeah, the following week we decided, well, we had planned to go to Cuba. We (laughs) went on a trip, just the two of us, with the goal of seeing the real Cuba, getting to practice our Spanish, living like the locals, definitely not making things easy for ourselves. We stayed in a house with other people, it was listed on Airbnb, but it was kind of a shared house where the hosts lived there. Um... We took local taxis, not the tourist taxis. We got the local currency. We ate at local markets. I got food poisoning three times. Yes, that was not fun. But it was a really cool experience. So part of seeing the real Cuba for us was trying to go to the movies and see what was on in the movie theaters. Obviously, um, it's not the kind of thing that you'd get anywhere else. We go to the ticket booth at Riviera Cinema. 
one night hoping to see some local movie. Instead, the lady tells us that they're showing a show from some school or there's some school event. It wasn't totally clear what it was. Anyway, we said we wanted to go. We bought tickets and go inside. The room is full. It's a really big cinema. It's full of people our age or slightly younger. Um, Just teenagers. Yeah. This is also on a Friday night, might I add. And they're dressed to the nines. They have mini dresses and nice iron shirts and cool shoes. So people were dressing nicely and it was obviously an event where like you would be seen or your friends would be there. People were on dates for sure. Definitely. They were cool kids. Yeah. We walked in during the show too. Um, so everyone was laughing when we walked in. It was like a very animated crowd. Which was good because we were kind of under the radar. We were the only foreigners in there. For sure. And anyway, what was on was essentially... It's hard to describe. There was a man on stage. (laughs) It's very unclear. (laughs) A middle-aged man on stage commenting on a PowerPoint slideshow that was showing jokes, videos, and photos and sort of memes all all around around video gaming. But not just video gaming like what we had seen with Z, like Fortnite. This was solitaire, Solitaire. Tetris, Pac-Man kind of video game. And Pokemon, yeah. So things that are very outdated here that are still played, but it's not something that would um, be interesting or exciting. But this was definitely perceived as kind of exciting and new. And the guy would just, the teacher presumably would just say these jokes, flip through the PowerPoint, and then kind of cut to a Skype call with another teacher who looked like she was sitting in a broom closet. And the kids were laughing so hard the entire time at every joke. And even though we understood a lot of what they were saying, it wasn't funny to us, or we obviously didn't get the jokes. Well, we were also kind of just stunned that it was so entertaining. Yeah, you know? because we were seeing photos of, yeah, what resembled memes, but we see hundreds of these on our Facebook feeds every day, and this was a big Friday night event. Right. Um, so obviously, I think because these kids don't have access to social media or the internet really, like this was kind of their form of that. This was a social event. Yeah, mediated through this guy, this teacher or a school setting, and focused on games that are not that engaging for people like Z in New York. Yeah, who have access to many more games and kind of technology that's evolving all the time, whereas in Cuba it's very much, it feels like going back in time almost. So it was interesting to see two stories of kids in Cuba and kids in New York, both focused around technology or focused on video games, but having totally different relationships with this technology and totally different outlooks on the part of their life that video games form. So for example, right after the show, the kids were just outside socializing, socializing, talking. talking, Yeah, so that I really appreciated that it was our form, like our social media is enjoyed individually, whereas their equivalent is a group activity where they were with people and there's much more of a social element to it in that sense. Even just in general, going on your phone in Cuba, you'd go to a park and be around people, so it's forced to be a 
more community activity. And both of the kids were confident. I don't know who's better developed or more well-rounded because I think Z is kind of cut off from the real world. The real world. We did actually go back to that theater because we were so intrigued that we went back for another school event a few days later, which was a talent show. And the main talent at the talent show was modeling. (laughs) Which was really surprising to us just to see. It wasn't modeling... Not even for the clothes, because they weren't changing outfits or wearing anything special. It was modeling (laughs) for the body. So girls just walking on stage for 10 minutes straight in circles or up and down. Um, Well, yeah. (laughs) Not even changing or like changing, I don't know, taking turns or anything. It was like the same girl. 30 minutes. (laughs) Yeah. So confidence was not a problem for these human kids. Yeah. But we just thought that was really interesting. We didn't know what to make of it. Yeah. So, to conclude and kind of put these stories together, it was pretty shocking that we were days apart with Z and then with these Cuban kids, and they would probably never Never cross cross paths. paths. No. I think for us it was just shocking that we saw Z in this environment where he was, like, so much investment was being put in his education and his development to become anything he wanted to be, whether it's, like, a really uh, high-profile gamer, a president, he could fulfill any kind of position with education and upbringing he's been given. Whereas when we were in Cuba, even though the kids we saw seemed so confident and social and bright, have limited horizons in comparison because they can't even leave their own country. Yeah, Z comes from the top of a capitalist society in a very exclusive part of society where not many people reach that level whereas these kids are equal to all the other kids in cuba pretty much yeah and that's very different in how you form your communities and your sense of self-worth and judging yourself in terms of where you're going to go in society and And what you're going to do. Your sense of ambition and kind of aspirations in life, because those would be very different as well growing up in Cuba. And I think both kids would form judgments about parts of the other. So there's a lot to learn from both sides. And that's really what we wanted to share, just kind of talk through that experience, because for us it was real... I could say food for thought, like we really kept talking about this and trying to kind of figure out how we felt about it or and I think what when it made we, us learn. When we told this story back home to the guy, for example, our roommate who we're sitting in the broken bed of right now, he just asked um, who's happier, who was happier, the Z or the Cuban kids. That's it for today's episode. Thanks for tuning in. Also, SOTS doesn't just podcast. To see our written articles, photo projects, events, and everything else we're up to, check our Instagram at storiesots. I'm Sachi. I'm Kelly. See you later. Bye.